This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Good afternoon to you. I'm Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas representing Transitions Life Care. Mary, how are you doing today? Good. I took an, uh, I, I am excited about this segment, the first segment, because uh, I took in a senior dog this weekend just for the weekend. I had six dogs. That's crazy. I know. I'm crazy dog mom. <laughs> so now you go back to the relaxing world of five dogs. Yeah, just five yeah, now. Yeah. Just for the weekend, we had six. Uh, we're back to five. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes we talk about topics on this show that you know some you and i maybe don't have as much expertise on so um this segment is not that this is straight up in your wheelhouse mary (laughs) this is uh the role you were born to play we're going to be talking about pets and how that impacts seniors and what to do as a caregiver and uh, where, where should we start with this because this is you know not something that is usually top of mind you know we talk about mm-hmm. legal documents and levels of care and we're going to get into some of that later on in the program but pets are still a very important part of our lives and when things are thrown into chaos with care it's it's a big problem that we have to address yeah i think this is something that's really relevant after this weekend. So uh, this dog's name was Rose. Um, And Rose was, is um, probably somewhere in the 10 to 15 year range. We don't quite know. Um, Rose was uh, found in a parking lot at a shelter. She was dropped off. um, And the shelter never saw the people that dropped her off. They just found her when they came into the shelter. Rose clearly has health issues. She's got cancer. She's blind in one eye. She's got arthritis. Um, And so I took her in until we could find a permanent foster home for her. Um, And so she only stayed with me for the weekend. But it was very clear in the days that I had her that she was somebody's pet. Like she was this, I'm pretty sure, uh, someone in our community that may have been a senior's pet. She was a lap dog. She was very calm. She was housebroken. Um, she was very loving. She really just wanted to sit in my lap all weekend long or sit on the bed. She she was definitely someone's bed dog as well because she would beg to get on the bed and she would turn to the side when I leaned down to pick her up and put her in the bed. Um, and so it made me think a lot about um, talk about the show and, and talking about rehoming your dog um, because there's a lot of questions that come into the shelter and our shelter partners are filling up with animals and owner surrender. So I felt like it's something that maybe we should talk about. Um, it's always a goal to keep you know, you and your pet united, but if there is an emergency or your family has to take in your pet, it's important to, to think about what that may look like. Um, when rehoming your dog, it, all of our shelters, your, your animal is going to be at risk, and that's a hard reality. So first and foremost, try to rehome your dog before taking it to a shelter. Um, next door, Facebook, speak to your friends, your neighbors, make a really great flyer, maybe get them groomed. Maybe your family can help you get them groomed and, and take really nice photos and put them out there. Um, share everything that you can about them, that they love treats or they love attention, they're good with kids, they like to be an only dog. These are really important 
things to share with people. Um, there's also some really great sites that you can post your dog to rehome them. Rehome by Adopt a Pet allows them to list or allows you to list your dog um, that you would like to rehome, and so you can put them in searches where other shelters and rescue dogs are seeking homes, and people can find your dog there. You can write a bio um, and and talk about the environment you think that your dog would thrive, um, and people contact you directly. And there's adoption fees and um, rehoming fees. Um, it's really hard to find a local animal rescue. A lot of our animal rescues, especially the ones that I foster with, have a hard time when people reach out and want to directly surrender their animal to an animal rescue. Uh, these animal rescues are pulling directly from our shelters where animals are at risk of being euthanized. So all of the animal rescues in the area are, are pulling directly from the shelter to make sure that the animals that are most at risk um, are safe. So right now, if you're thinking about rehoming your dog or, or you might have to rehome your dog, your pet is safe with you now. So if you could start the search now for an, um, f- to rehome them, it saves them um, that uh, that risk uh, in taking them to the shelter. Um, owner surrenders are unfortunately the first to be euthanized at the shelter. They go to the top of the list because um, they're they're being surrendered for a reason in some cases. Maybe it's behavioral um, or medical. So unfortunately, they, they go to the top of the list because um, – when a dog comes in from the general public, it has to get on stray hold. So they have to hold a dog to see if someone will pick it up. But if it's an owner surrender, there's clearly no one coming to pick up the dog. So unfortunately, that's the reality of our shelters. And, and our rural shelters are um, very full right now. And it's a it's a hard reality. Um, so just think about some other options before surrendering your pet. Also, um, some of our local rescues will help you um, and can kind of coach you through some of these things. I would suggest reaching out to SPCA of Wake County. Um, they can point you to some websites for rehoming like Rescue Me um, and the ones I mentioned earlier. Um, always screen potential adopters. If you put your dog on Facebook, um, make sure to meet them, make sure to do a home visit, to meet other dogs. Do not give away your pet for free. Even a small rehoming fee like $50 is a best practice to make sure that people are being honest and don't have bad intentions. Um, Spay or neuter your pet before adoption. That's really important. And really think about um, what you want to ask somebody who is considering adopting a pet. What Do you have a vet already planned out? Do you have animals that I could see vet records for to make sure that they're taking care of current animals? How do you plan to train your animal? If you move, what will you be doing with um, the dog, uh, et cetera? So just really think about some good questions to ask people who are considering adopting the dog um, and take advantage of social media as well to, to kind of get the word out. Um, but I also wanted to, t- to briefly talk about the importance importance of uh, or, or some things for seniors that dogs are, are beneficial for. It helps reduce loneliness. Um, you know, it encourages physical activity. I'm constantly walking my dogs. Um, so it keeps me active, which is great. Um, it really shapes your routine. I have a very uh, strict routine in the morning around my dogs. And I think it's nice to have that structure to your days, especially for seniors. Um, dogs need care, feeding, walks. Um, it really encourages you to establish a regular routine, and many people appreciate that aspect of uh, dog ownership. Um, and it definitely prevents social isolation. It helps you boost your happiness and um, build a bond with some uh, with another animal is always something that brings along positive feelings. Um, and safety. Um, I think my dogs definitely look out for me. They bark if someone is knocking at the door. Um, 
and I'll admit that my do- one of my dogs, when, if I cry, she licks the tears off my face, um, <laughs> which is so sweet. And, um, and, you know, in those moments, it's something that's uh, really helpful for me. Um, so I, I, I don't want to scare people away from getting dogs as a senior. A lot of our assisted livings actually allow pets. Um, so don't be afraid of also looking for a senior dog um, like Rose. Um, she was, uh, she is a great dog for a senior or someone that's aging. She is not looking for a ton of activity, but she would love a little walk. Um, Tilly, who I have currently would be the perfect dog for a senior. She just wants to sit at your feet. Um, she's not really interested in playing all that much, but she loves attention. Um, so there's some really great senior dogs in our shelters and in some of our rescue, uh, local rescues right now. And so, I encourage you if if you think that you may want an animal or you grew up with animals um, and you you have a little extra time on your hands or you think that you might like that companionship to take a look at some of our local shelters. Petfinder.com has a lot of our rescue partners and shelters pets listed and you can search by age. Um, And so there's really wonderful senior pets out there that would be a great companion and and. I think would be a great lifelong partner. Um, just just pitching the dog world out there. <laughs> I love it. And real quick before we go to break here, Mary, for those who are on the other end mm-hmm. who have a big heart like you and maybe see some of these social media posts about uh, someone trying to rehome their dog, any tips for them to make sure that they don't maybe bite off more that they can chew or end up in a situation where they're trying to rehome the dog shortly after? Yeah, I, I would suggest really think about the time that you have available. You know, I know that I can't take on any more dogs right now, but I have a I, I pretty much have Mary's dog nursing home at my house. Everyone's geriatric. I have two on hospice, and it's, it's pretty low energy, believe it or not, at my house. Um, but really think about the day that you have, the time that you have. You, you need to dedicate time every morning to walking. Still have on my walking shoes from this morning, actually. Um, and... Um, you know, it, it, there's other ways you can volunteer and help out with the pet world. You can volunteer at events. A lot of these rescue groups have events um, or need transport help. Um, that's a quick way to get involved. Uh, it's picking up a dog from a shelter and transporting them to the new foster home. And that is one of my favorite things to do in the rescue world and to help out with, um, with, with everything because you get to essentially you're the first rescue person that sees this dog and they're very confused sometimes they're very happy Um, sometimes you can just see them light up as soon as they get out of the shelter because they know that they're going somewhere else Um, so there's there's other ways to get involved events um, you can donate we always need food um, towels beds blankets um, things like that but there's many ways to get involved so just look out for your local rescues. There's some really great ones in our area. I'm not going to mention them all because I don't want to be biased, um, but there's some great, great rescues in our area that could use the extra help. Wonderful. We can all do our part to help our four-legged friends. Those are some wonderful ideas that you had there, Mary. We're going to take a quick break. We've got more on the show. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with your hosts, Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. 
Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. If you want to learn more about Transitions Life Care, you can go online to transitionslifecare.org, transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas and Mary, we're going to now visit a topic that we haven't spoke about in a while, and mm-hmm. that is the subject of family care homes. And if you don't know what a family care home is, we've got an excellent person to explain all things about family care homes, and that's Shauna Tharp. Shauna is owner and administrator of Serenity Falls Family Care Home, and she's also a registered nurse. Shauna, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, family care homes is it's my passion, so I'm I'm really this is this is my forte right here. I'm so excited to have Shauna on the show. Shauna has been it, it has been a nurse for ten years, and um, she's very close to transitions. She worked with uh, me and many others at transitions. Um, so I'm very excited to have Shauna on the show to talk a little bit more about what she's doing now that she's left transitions. So Shauna, tell us a little bit about what a family care home is. This is something that you know where they're popping up all over the place, um, mm-hmm. and we're hearing more and more about them in, in the senior and aging world. So what is a family care home? What's different about them and SNFs or skilled facilities and assisted livings? Um, so um, family care homes, they fall under the umbrella of, a, of an assisted living facility, but they are much smaller and they are in your residential neighborhood. So a lot of times you may pass by in the car and not even have any idea that you're passing by a an assisted living facility. Um, so, you know, your family care homes, they're much smaller and cozier. Some of them only have three residents in them. Some of them have up to six. Mm-hmm. So those are, you know, they're, they're just like a house. They are a house. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's just, you know, a lot, um, a lot more care. The ratios are a little bit different um, than you would have in your larger facilities. Um, now, when you think about your bigger skilled nursing facilities and your assi- assisted living facilities, um, the main difference between those are is that um, the skilled nursing facilities they are providing twenty four seven nursing care. And usually that's from your licensed practical nurses or your LPNs or your registered nurses or your RNs. Um, usually the residents in, in the bigger skilled nursing facilities, they're needing, um, they're needing more assistance with mostly all of their activities of daily living. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, if not all of, all of their, um, activities of daily living. Um, in your family care homes or your assisted living facilities, um, there's still that 24-7 care. It's just that it's in the form of supervision and assistance with your activities of daily living. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually that is provided by your certified nursing aid or your CNA or your personal care aid or a PCA. Um, you, you still may have, um, you know, a lot of the care homes are 
you know, they're now they're run by a lot of registered nurses such mm-hmm. as myself. So there's still that oversight mm-hmm. by a by nursing staff in most cases. And if it's not owned or in, uh, the administrator isn't an RN, a lot of times, you know, they may have a contract with a nurse where that can come in and do visits and and tend to those nursing care needs. That's very helpful. And I, I know after experience with you, you're you're a wonderful nurse. It's great to have your Aww. oversight over a family care home and in your expertise. It's something you you bring a lot to families and, and their patients and the patients and the loved ones of uh, that are staying in these family care homes. So that's such a great benefit. At at Serenity Falls and in other family care homes, are meals provided or other services provided for the residents that are living there? Of course. So, you know, there are um, home-cooked meals. Um, So that's always, you know, that's always a perk. There's less people. So, you know, they're, you know, someone's able to get in that that kitchen and and fry some chicken or make, you know, make those mashed potatoes and, you know, the home-cooked meal and and do a warm breakfast. So there are home-cooked meals. Um, services also, other services also include, um, there's activity, um, there's activities, um, through an activity program. A lot of the care home owners or administrators, um, they, you know, they have their activity director certification. Um, so they are able to plan a, a good activity program for their residents. Um, there's also outing. So um, one of the rules for family care homes is that you at least have to do one outing every other month. So, you know, whether that's to, um, you know, to a lake or to have lunch, to the fair when they come in town, um, you know, you can, you know, you can go all types of places. So the residents really enjoy that. Um, another service would be the medication management. So um, all family care homes do, are able to administer medication through a, med, a medication aid. Um, there are There's also transportation to outings and appointments. Um, there's in-house doctor visits. Um, so a lot of times, you know, family care homes will contract with, you know, um, you know, outside agencies to come in where, where the a resident doesn't have to go out for their appointments. The doctor just comes into them maybe once every few weeks or once every month. Um, there is also, um, of course, the assistance with um, their personal care needs. Um, and then there's laundry services as well. That's amazing. I it's something that's very interesting to me. As we were looking at my grandfather's placement, he in knowing that he needed a higher level of care than independent living, but wouldn't thrive in a huge assisted living because he is a very one-on-one kind of relationship person, and so it would be very mm-hmm. over, overwhelming for him to be in assisted living. So this is a great setting for for that kind of resident and someone that would really build bonds with a few friends um, and maybe. Yeah. You know, the, the the environment of assisted living is just completely overwhelming for some people. So I, I love mm-hmm. the idea of family care homes. Shauna, talk to us a little bit about the payment options. Can you use long-term care insurance? Are there other financial assistance options? Um, so you can use long-term care um, insurance to pay for it. Now, there it is a process. Usually the care home, you know, there's there's paperwork that's involved and you know, making sure that invoices are turned into the um, to the policy holder. Um, but 
that that is an option. And a lot of times the long-term care insurances do cover a good portion of that cost. So that is huge. And so I definitely um, encourage anybody who has those long-term care care insurance policies to look into it and reach out to the provider and find out what the steps are to go on and get that activated. Um, Other other, uh, ways that, you know, other assistance forms would be sometimes there's uh, state county special assistance. Now, not all family care homes accept them. So you would want to, you know, at, you know, if you're calling around, you would want to ask if that is something that's accepted. Um, now, what that is, is when, you know, the state or county, they provide a cash supplement to low income individuals to help them pay for um, care facilities so that they can still be able to, you know, to have that way of living as well. So that's a that's definitely a good program. And, you know, you again, you would just want to um, ask if you're calling around, just ask who accepts the special assistance. Um, and, and to be eligible for that special assistance, um, someone would just be 65, age 65 or older, disabled, and live in a residential facility that's approved for it. That's great. Can you, we just have a couple minutes left here. Where can people go to learn more about Serenity Falls and what you all offer and, uh, and reach out to you guys? Tell us a little bit more. Um, so you can go on to my website, which is serenityfallshome.com. And there is tons of information about both of the care homes that I have that are in North Raleigh. So you can find out information on those and see pictures and find out what services are offered at both homes. Um, And then you can also um, find me on Google. So um, just put in Serenity Falls Family Care Home. I should pop right up and it is going to give you the option to go and, and visit my website. And also, if you have any questions for me directly, you can email me at Shauna, S-H-A-U-N-A-T-H-A-R-P-E at gmail.com. Excellent. SerenityFallsHomes.com to learn more. Shauna Tharp, thank you so much for your time today and your expertise. Again, she is owner and administrator of Serenity Falls Family Care Home, and she's also a registered nurse as well. Thank you again, Shauna, for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. If you have questions for the show, you can email agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. I'm Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas representing Transitions Life Care. And we've got a a great subject that we're going to approach now. We're going to be talking about dementia and uh, the concept of sundowning. And to do that, we are very happy to have on the show Tipa Snow. She is founder of Positive Approach to Care and 
also author of Understanding the Changing Brain. And we're going to be having a, a deep discussion about this, Mary. Yes, I, it is something that um, it, it, is, it comes up quite often in conversations with caregivers um, who are um, caring for someone who's living with dementia. And, um, you know, I recently heard of it with my dog, um, I, who knew dogs have dementia and also sundown and um, you know she's been up all night and now I am understanding a lot more um, but I, I want to do a deep dive into sundowning we hear about it quite often it, it is exhausting for caregivers um, so Tipa let's just start with the basic what is sundowning and why does this occur okay so <laughs> we used to truly believe it was simply because as the sun went down people had a reaction to the sun going down. And it turns out, well, yeah, that is a little piece of it because as daylight turns to night, our brains tend to think, well, I'm supposed to leave here and go somewhere. And the place I'm supposed to go to is a safe place. But the main thing is I'm not supposed to be here. This is not where I'm supposed to be anymore. What we now realize is there's also parts of it that have to do with brain chemistry. And as I use up all my chemicals in my brain, I'm running out of chemicals. And so my brain is less skillful, less competent, less able, and I get more easily stressed and distressed. And so the place that used to feel familiar and comfortable isn't. The people that I'm with aren't the people I want to be with. The stuff I'm doing doesn't make sense. And often in that moment, my brain will pull out a card that says, ah, this is what you're supposed to do. This is where you're supposed to be. And this is who you're supposed to be with. And it's fake. <laughs> it truly isn't true. But your brain believes it. So that phenomena of having your brain fritz on you, and I've got to get out of here. I can't stay here. Get me out. And I may not even have as many words as I had earlier. And all I want to do is I'm getting frantic. No, let me out. I can't get me out of here. I've got to go home. I've got my mom. I've got, I've got to take care of the kids. And and it can feel so, because it's not how I was. And it's so distressing to a care partner who's trying to Mom, this is your home. You know, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? No, you can't go. It's 2 a.m. Because this doesn't stop when the sun goes down. Then it goes off and on into the evening. So, Mary, what's your what's your take on that? Because that's, that's my experience after years and years and years. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's it. Those are all really great points and, and definitely how, you know, I, I have felt before. Can you talk to us about some of the signs that caregivers should look for that someone is sundowning, you know, signs and symptoms of it and, mm -hmm. and things that maybe could trigger in your head, oh, this is exactly what this is, just so, you, you know, caregivers can kind of start wrapping their heads around that. Yeah, so what we're going to start noticing is a change in how people are looking around, how people are sounding and talking and taking in verbal data, or what they're doing and how they're doing it. Or we'll start recognizing disengagement and that repetitive sort of pattern of, so so when am I going to, when I, when can I go home? Mm -hmm. I, I've to notice the disengage and increase in anxiety. Um, so the anxiety starts kicking up. So we start seeing 
patterns. And we want to try to catch it before we get to pacing. Pacing is a back and forth. Mm -hmm. We might see looping where the person will go around and they'll check out and they'll go around, but they're not settled. Or if they can't physically move a lot, we start seeing them using their hands and touching their faces and glancing around and, 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 and not being able to sort of that stuttering speech or no, wait, I need to, I need to find out something or can I call? I need to call. So this, they start to make statements of I need to, I want to, this isn't right. Um, so those are all indicators that, uh oh, we're, uh, this is no longer feeling like a safe place, a harbor. I'm no longer feeling like somebody who's, who's comfortable. I'm, I'm starting to feel like a jailer or a controller. Um, the person is showing evidence that, uh-oh, we got a problem, Houston. And it's mm-hmm. picking up on that as early as you can. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, at, at early is, is good to start picking up on these things. As someone, as a loved one who is um, who has dementia starts to get further down in, into the dementia, um, what is some visual cues as a caregiver? What are some of those visual cues you can look for as communication becomes more complicated? Yeah. So what I'm, what I could be looking for is when you ask something or you try to engage, they disengage from you. Mm-hmm. So they don't know, no, leave it alone. Just leave. So you notice a change in tone of voice mm-hmm. or you might notice the rocking and the trying to get up when they haven't been doing that. So you notice a change in um, physical level of not being comfortable or you notice that they're they're doing things with their hands and often the hands and the mouth oh 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 my oh my i've got a mm-hmm. i can't i you know so you see a seeking so seeking with the eyes or seeking with body or not settled um are and sometimes grinding your teeth or or smacking or i i've got a call i've got a i've got a shuffling papers or fiddling folding in an intensity so maybe they folded towels earlier, but now it's creasing and creasing and, and and not watching the TV. And it could be tuning out or really hyper-focused on, do you see that boy over there? He, he need, You need to call the police. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, what are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. So it could be intensity sometimes. That's, that's definitely, you know, one of my favorite things that my grandmother had when she was going through um, some of these things that you're talking about is an activity mat. Um, she had the, the uh-huh. zip, a zipper uh-huh. and a, um, a little handkerchief that was sewn onto the mat and buttons. And um, she was she was a folder. She loved to fold things. Everything uh-huh. was being folded. Uh-huh. There's always little piles of towels around. <laughs> Kleenex. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Dirty napkins, whatever she found. But the intensity of the folding will typically go up, like really pressing the seams and, and really, or you can't get her to fold. And normally she would fold, but that's not happening anymore. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. I'm done with that. And so there's either a not being able to engage or the intensity goes up. And that's usually a really strong indicator. Ooh, we're right on the edge of distress. That is a great point. So what can, before we go to break real quick, I want to touch on this last question. What can you do as these things start to happen to help reduce some of the stress and keep uh, your loved one engaged? 
Yes. Step one, we need to take a really deep, hard breath and blow it out. (laughs) As soon as we see it, our brain starts going, oh, no, here we go again. Mm -hmm. We take the breath in, but then we panic with it and we don't let go. Mm -hmm. Okay. It looks like we're about to hit our moment. Ooh. And then that ooh moment where I'm going to come up with something and I've got a, I want a laundry list. I want to come up with at least five on my list and I may want to post them on the side of the refrigerator or in the kitchen in the bedroom so that I have them visibly present for me because in that moment, my brain is already going to a, oh no, 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 <laughs> please don't do this. And instead I need to look and see, okay, so what's my response, not my reaction, but my response when this is starting to happen? Look, how can I respond in an effective way? Mm-hmm. And step one is breathing. And then the step two is going, oh, mom, or oh, Mary. Now, what do you hear on the end of my, what was the ooh when I went, oh, Mary? Oh, like pause, freaking out, pause. Excitement. Excitement, yeah. There's a pause. It's like there's some energy there. Mm-hmm. So it's not a negative energy. It's not, mm-hmm. oh, Mary, Mary. Which right, tells right. you, oh, I'm worried. <laughs> Here we go. Or oh, Mary, disappointed. So it's the tone of voice and the energy that you're putting out. And so it's like, oh, Mary. Because what I'm signaling is, oh, I've got something new. And so it draws your, it's called the reticular activating system. It's the part of your brain that's always looking around. Something good, something bad, something good, something bad. And I already know you're moving towards the something bad. And I want to catch you and see if I can bring you to the something good. Oh, Mary. And then I've got to change place, person, or what we're doing, programming, Mm -hmm. or prop. So I've got to make one of my four P's. There's five, which is what are the possibilities. But I've got to think of my P's. I want to think of my P's. Like, okay, so I'm stuck with me. I'm the only one here. Um, Okay, so we could change places. Oh, Hey, Mary, come here. I need your help for just a second. So rather than you being in the same place, we're going to move to a new space. Now, it may just be another room. It may be something, but I've got something set up there to catch your eye. And by moving to a new room, I actually trick your hippocampal area, which is your memory and learning center, Mm -hmm. into resetting itself. And that may also be, let's get your coat on. I need to go outside. I want to check on something. We actually go through the outside door and go out of the building that we're in. Because for some people, that's a stronger signal that we're going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. Oh, Tipa, we have to take a break <laughs> real quick. We're speaking with Tipa Snow. She is founder of Positive Approach to Care and author of Understanding the Changing Brain. And we're going to continue our conversation with her right after this. So grab your coat and come with us. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with 
Mary Lucas, our guest on the line, is Tipa Snow. Tipa is founder of Positive Approach to Care, and she's also author of Understanding the Changing Brain, and we're having a discussion on sundowning and dementia. And Tipa, just before the break, um, you had given us the P's, the, uh, a bunch of words that start with the letter P. Can you can you go over that again, and we, let's expound on that a little bit more? Yeah, so switching a place, switching a person, like switching people out, switching out programming. What are you trying to do? What is the person doing? So a different activity. Uh, and then the last one is props. What is available, visual, uh, physical, uh, auditory? What are the things, the props that you could be using? What's being used and what could we use? So switching and changing something because what I say is what we're trying and what we're doing doesn't seem to be working. That is really, those are very helpful and thinking about how you approach uh, this situation. So talk to us a little bit more about what we can do with these P's. Yeah, so the first one, if somebody still has language and they're still trying to communicate with you, like, listen, I, I, got, I can't stay here anymore. This isn't even my house. I need to get home. I need to validate that I got their message. Oh, wow. So this isn't where you stay. You need to get back to the place that you stay. So this isn't it for you. Wow. And I thought we were staying here. Huh. Wow. Well, that's a surprise. Mm-hmm. So sounds like here is not an okay place. And it's like, boy, I need to hear that message because it's like, this is your home. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Wait, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? You've lived here for 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? And rather than trying to get you to understand this is your home, because in that moment, you don't have the brain chemistry. And it's not, I mean, you could try it, but all it does is result often in an argument and more emotion in a negative direction and more of a commitment to, I got to get out of here. Um so in that moment, I can try shifting things. So none of this looks familiar to you. Wow, that's horrible. I, now, you know, because I thought we were going to stay here today and then maybe go tomorrow to see if you can buy time. But if you can't, then it's, tell you what, let's get your coat on, then let's get out of here. Because I thought this is where we were staying and you're telling me it isn't. That's called validation. So that's the first thing I got to validate. And then I've got to investigate, like, will leaving this space help me out? Is that enough? Is just getting the coat on, getting out of the car, going for a ride, is that going to do it? Mm-hmm. Or is it something more than that? Mm-hmm. Um, and i got to be willing to try something. <laughs> if what I'm doing isn't working, then I've got to try something different. And that's the hardest part for many of us. It's like, but I don't want to go out and get in the car. It's cold. All right, well, let's see what happens when she gets out there and it's cold. And she goes, well, it's cold. And it's like, you're absolutely right. Do you want to wait and go tomorrow? That's a great well, point. Well, I guess. But, I mean, we didn't even pay for this place. Are we going to get arrested? So <laughs> now I'm back to, oh, you're worried about getting arrested. You know what? I think it is paid for. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> it is. Who paid? Well, not you. I think it's gotten paid. It's already covered. Oh, well, good. And that sort of like, okay. But I don't want to go right back in and start all start right back where we were. I still want to go, tell you what, could you help me a minute? Here, would you wipe this counter for me? And I'm starting to think of things that take, and what we know about human beings when their brain isn't working well is their body needs pressure. Mm-hmm. It needs to do something that's a little heavy-handed. 
So maybe wiping tables, scrubbing something, sweeping something, running the vacuum, doing something that gives you a sense of push, push, push. Um, pushing outward tends to relieve and release a lot of tension. Um, you can try a massage, which is also another way of, of doing pressure. Um, but it's really important to figure out what soothes this person in that state. Is it a hug? Is it giving them some quiet? Is it giving them music? Is it giving them something to sing or hum or dance to? Um, we've got to be that being willing to be flexible here. I can see how that'd be very engaging and and involving that involving them in the process. Yeah. And one of the really hard things is for us to look really hard in the mirror. And do I have the energy? Is my brain working well enough? And I think sometimes we don't really acknowledge our own vulnerability to like, it's been eight hours already. I don't want to do this right now. And it's like, yeah. So where's your backup plan? Who's your backup plan? Um, and all too often in our current system, we, we do one-on-one and we don't think about I'm human too and I need to go someplace else and do something else for a little bit mm-hmm. um, because I need a break. I just need to breathe and have a break and not have the responsibility because I'm sundowning. <laughs> <as> they are. <laughs> that is true. So, you know, one of the hardest parts is to recognize I could use somebody else's eyes on this. I could use somebody else's ear on this, somebody else's take on this, because I think I'm at my limit. And I've just, I've had enough and I feel trapped. And and so I do what I know how to do and I feel myself changing. I feel myself using that voice. I, I sense myself feeling overwhelmed and it's like, yeah, that's what sundowning does to the person who cares a lot. I mean, it's a it's a two-person phenomenon or a group phenomenon. It's not just one person experiencing it. Um, and we can get in the same cycle the person does, which is, oh, no, 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 let's not go there. Um, but pulling back is not going to probably change what's happening. That's a great point. I, I want to touch on real quickly before we sign off here the support system that the caregiver mm. could use here and how can you call on your support to help you during these moments? Yeah. One is to recognize, is this a pattern that's starting to be daily? And if it's a daily pattern, then I need to send up my, my help signal to say at about this time, I'm going to need some different kind of support. Um, and this is what I want us to try. And to say, if this is happening pretty routinely, then what we're doing in a 24-hour stretch has to change because we can't sustain it. I mean, we're we're getting to a place where more more is what I need, and it's different as well. But it's I can't. It's not a quick fix. It's not a one time. It's not you know. Oh, maybe she's got a urinary tract. I mean, this is a new pattern that I want to adapt to, and it may also be that we need to get some expert opinion in here. And so my support may be. Maybe I need to look at a medical support. Maybe I need to look at a different social support or maybe an environmental support. Or maybe it's really time to take a look at the whole day and see, are we doing too much for too long in the morning and we're running out of gas? Or is it something else? Um, Is the person's pattern shifting or are they missing something in their life? Like the kind of things we're doing isn't, isn't filling their bucket in a healthy way or mine. Um, so it's really important that as we look for support, we, we think big 
on this because this is a phenomena that can really be all consuming, but it also often signals a bigger picture step back and go, wow, I think it's time for us to investigate what we all need, not just what this person is telling us they need. That's wonderful. Um, Tipa, before we head out today, can you tell us how our listeners can connect with you if they want to learn more about you or how they can pick up Understanding the Changing Brain or learn more about your upcoming book? How can we do that? Yeah, well, we have a website, which is just real simple. It's my name, www.tipasnow.com. Or we also have a presence on Amazon. So if you're curious, you can go on Amazon, and if you put my name in, there's all, all kinds of things that will pop up, including those books. Wonderful. Tipa Snow, founder of Positive Approach to Care and author of Understanding the Changing Brain. Tipa, we love having you on the program because we always – leave the show with mm -hmm. some wonderful advice and new strategies that are given to us. We always appreciate your perspective and enthusiasm. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for doing what you do because it really does matter. Well, thank you for that. And thank you to Transitions Life Care for their continued support of this program. And it's a, it's a wonderful resource for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. We are out of time for today. On behalf of Mary Lucas, I'm Jason Kong, thanking you so much for listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.